On the cover, vertical lines of green code dominate the page. Picked out in the spaces between letters and numbers, the outline of a bear looks out at the reader. As you pick up the comic, you realize that the cover is lenticular. As you tilt it, the image shifts until Jackie's outline melts into that of Axiom, and then into nothing at all. As you tilt the book in the other direction, every third line of code reveals a single character picked out in stark blood red. Together they read, Issue 50, Subject to Change. We open up with a couple of panels around the world, uh, as Axiom 4 has caused a little bit of trouble uh, on a global scale. We see the fight in Tokyo, where Axiom is engaged with a sound-based superhero group called the Tokyo Tower of Power. (laughs) Excuse me. We see the shadow of the hero from Cairo, the Canopticon, uh, which we never manage to see, even though we can tell that they see us. Over Rome, we see Axiom engaged with a spectral phalanx, which we will recognize as Great Caesar's Ghost Army. God. What? And in Berlin, much as our hero Pyrrho was once encased in a forest bubble, we see an entire section of town encased in a giant purple glittering sphere being maintained by actual human wizard David Hasselhoff. Oh my god. Welcome back to Apex City. I want to start with Pyrrho, because Axiom just shattered your protective bubble. And your personal bubble. Yeah, and while you have a moment to react, because William did set up that opportunity, uh, Axiom is very quickly pulling his legs out of the ground uh, in which he had been trapped. So Pyrrho, how do you want to react to this? Okay, uh, so I think I'm going to spend one burn to create a construct, and I'm gonna make it a joy buzzer and slap that bad boy on my hand, and then we're gonna slap Axiom with it, and it's gonna shock him for a while so I can run away. Pranked! I I feel like that's kind of a directly engage a threat. The line between mime and clown is very blurred to me at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, it's all common. (laughs) <laughs> so all physical comedy is mimery it's got all it face okay well that's fine i got a three uh so that is of course a fail and you reach out to grab axiom's face with this imaginary joy buzzer on your hand so we get a couple of panels where we can see william from uh, his position up in the sky And Darren, who had just pulled out of that hole that Axiom put you in, uh, your mostly human friend Pyrrho trying to shock this Axiom with a joy buzzer, and Axiom just reaches up and grabs their arm and just throws them. I am going to need to take Powerful Blow from Axiom. That's an eight. Pick one off of that list. Well, I would rather not mark two conditions, so I will pick the second option. The attack on you was just a diversion. Pick an ally to mark a condition. Now, I will remind you that uh, NPCs are allies, so this could be an attack on Ruby as well. Yes, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and make that attack on Ruby. Yeah, okay. I like that. Shove the problems together. So Axiom flings you into Ruby, who was wheeling up to come to your aid, and oh geez, I need to figure out what Ruby's going to mark from this, because NPCs take moves when they mark conditions. I feel like this could uh, snowball really fast. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is, <laughs> Ruby, Ruby get angry very quickly. You impact Ruby, uh, she grabs you and prevents the worst of the actual attack here, but then like sits you down and Ruby is going to resort to unthinking violence. Uh, so Ruby responds by grabbing someone and throwing them at Axiom. (laughs) 
so so you see her grab a nearby brosciple no! and just fling him at Axiom. Crap. It doesn't it doesn't really do a whole lot, except for injure this poor brosciple. Yeah, I was gonna say do a lot to who? <laughs> Axiom. Axiom doesn't seem to care much. Can I soften that blow for the brosciple? <laughs> or is that is it too late for that? Brosciple's still gonna get injured, but how do you prevent Brosciple from being dead? Uh, I I can definitely just make like pull up some soft dirt to land in <laughs> instead. The softest of dirt. Uncom- I can make the dirt, dirt not compact. I sh- I can create like it's like silt. So that's the panel where we see William like pulling up like you know some some soft earth for this brosciple to impact instead of a hard axiom. Yes. And we get that panel where Ruby is now just like sprinting across Simone Park directly at this axiom with you know her trademark nail bat. Uh, William, what are you up to? Oh boy. Um. Yeah. So uh, I need to take down this particular. I assume there are other axioms around, but this one uh, needs to go down. So I'm going to speed down from the sky and start uh take this this surfboard of mine moving at very high speeds i'm going to uh roll off the surfboard as it is headed straight toward axiom <laughs> so i'm going to hit him with a giant pane of glass nice seems like you are directly engaging a threat that is the idea why don't you go for it i suppose you wouldn't qualify this as pulling my punches are you are you trying to pull this punch i don't feel like i should <laughs> okay then <laughs> So I'll be rolling plus danger, which is zero. What's the worst that could happen? A nine, apparently. Oh, I could deal with that. Now, you do still have a couple of team in the pool. Uh, So, Darren, you are nearby. Do you want to try and bump this up to a ten? It's already successful. We need to save that team for when we are rolling a lot of fives. (laughs) I'm going to say no. Also, pick one thing off of that directly engaged list. William is still William. He's still going to resist or avoid blows. That's probably a good idea. He's more vulnerable than he's ever been before. So yeah, I'm going to throw a, gla- a pane of glass at Axiom and hopefully not get hit in return. Uh, so we see it hit Axiom. We see it like shatter into shards as it sort of like rips through him. And this particular Axiom uh, is not very much longer for this particular scene uh, because the distributed Axioms aren't quite as punchful as the regular one. We do see as it's starting to go offline that some of the nearby versions start coalescing on its location. Uh, So this is Axiom triggering one more Axiom move, which is to escalate the situation. So as this one goes down, you see four more converging on Simone Park. And I actually want to move uh, at that point over to Jackie. The Axiom in this virtual space with you kind of turned to let you know that this plan is going according to plan. They have not given the humans time to react, which is something that you suggested was if we start this and there are any of them left, then a lot of us are going to die. This is not going to go well. They're never going to trust us. So, you know, this this Axiom took the message from you that you got to make it very quick. So before I get into what I do, can I use my last question from reading the files? Yeah, this this seems like a good time for that. Yes, I want to ask about that virus, that nanobot plague. Is that still related enough? Uh, who's controlling that? Uh, Axiom 4. Okay, Axiom 4 is controlling that. Got it. Yeah. Okay, and that that's who I'm talking to, right? Yes. Kay. This is the, the central member of that network. What I am going to do in response is make Axiom 4 my rival. Okay. And at that point, I'm going to attempt to struggle against that network again. <laughs> okay. I rolled a six on the dice. I have three danger plus my one for frustrating Axiom 4, which brings me up to a 10. Good time to make Axiom your rival. <laughs> I meant to do it earlier and forgot. <laughs> so what do you want to pick? 
So I think this is a good time to create an opportunity for my friends in Simone Park. We've made great use of those opportunities so far. Is there any possibility I could like divert one of those axioms somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. Where you want to divert it? Let's let's send it to the moon. You know, th- there aren't any axioms there. You know, they may they may want to take control of this stuff there. You know what? Actually, this is no. This works out because you know that there is a large U.S. military presence on the moon. <laughs> yes. That you happen to know about. I do. Yeah, I think that works. I think okay. that works. I think one of them splits off uh, and heads towards the moon. So I have locked comfort and support, and that is my fourth move. <laughs> Let's move over to Darren. Uh, there are now three axioms. You could see four of them heading in, uh, and just before they hit the park, one of them pauses and then diverts skyward uh, and very swiftly disappears up into the stratosphere. Not sure what's going on with that. Probably fine. Nothing to worry about. But three more of them land in the park and start converging on, I think, Probably William at this point, because you did just take out that last axiom. So they're coming to take out what they perceive as the threat. So Darren, what you up to? I would like to use the move coming for you. When you mark a condition, take plus one forward against the person you most blame for causing it. That is axiom, because he's the one who gave me my conditions. That's fair. So the people who are now having green glowy eyes, what are they doing right now? Right now, nothing. They're, they're kind of standing there. They look, they almost look like robots. Like they look like they're just standing there waiting for instructions. Okay. So what I'm seeing here is these things are like fucking Hydra. Not like Marvel, like Hydra, like the Greek creature where you cut one head and three more sprout up in its place. That is pretty accurate, yeah. I don't think we are going to successfully eradicate them individually one by one. You can say no to this. I promise my feelings will not be hurt. There is a species of mushroom is a fungus. When it infects certain species, it causes them, it causes the spores to occupy their brain and direct their brainstem. It controls ants and directs them to go up to like high spots where their body collapses and then they release more spores and the process begins anew. This is a real thing, I promise. Yeah, cordyceps. Yeah, thank you. It's an absolutely fascinating species. I want to generate such a spore myself to combat control from the nanobites to myself. Is this inappropriate? Because it's okay if it's not, because I don't want this to be heart- hurtful or triggering or anything. Not for necessarily. It's just, it's more of um because I'm still, I'm trying to wrap my head around what you're actually trying to accomplish here. I would like to generate a spore that I can make airborne from my body that will rip control away from the nanobites that are infecting everyone's brains right now. Essentially, what you're doing is trying to remove control from these people who are being controlled by the Axie yeah, Network. Yeah, thank you. And, and in that sense, it's kind of a defend. Yeah, like a little fungal spore that goes in and like hunts out the little nanites. Yeah, just yeah. like counteracts it, yeah. Or one that cordyceps the nanites themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Micro, micro spores. <laughs> okay, so um, in my time of living on Earth and with developing plant affinity and my own spores... I know that there's ways to use spores to manipulate human brain neuron firings. And I can like see if I can use my spores to interrupt the manipulation from the technology nanobytes and instead like give them back control back to the people. I'm I'm going I'm gonna give you two options because this could be a defend someone. Okay. You could just be defending, you know, the uh, the people in your immediate area who are susceptible to this infection. Or you could be directly engaging the Axiom Network in order to take these people out of its control. 
because that could be a take something from them. So I'm going to let you choose which one of those you think makes more sense. My attitude coming into it was more of an unleash your powers kind of thing. Yeah, overcoming an obstacle. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Nine. So on a seven to nine, you are going to do the thing, but it is going to cost you unless one of your teammates wants to spend one of the four team we still have in the pool to pop that up to a 10. Right, because... Otherwise, this is going to have to be unstable or temporary, but if we can bump it to a 10, then it doesn't have to be. Or you can mark a condition. Because I can help out with this. I would like the assist to get up to 10. I think. So we've got uh, we've got William or Piero. Uh, Piero, do you have any ideas on how you could assist this? I mean, I feel like I could probably do it too, but let's go with Piero. I would actually really like to, because then I can also trigger uh, team what team, because that first time I use team to help a teammate, I take plus one forward, so that's nice. So how do you want to? So how do you want to help? So I so my 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 mimery, my my little antics that I do all the time, run around, be a mime. Uh, that uses everyone's imagination. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I lend my power of imagination to this. And what does that look like on the page? How are you helping? A lot. Uh, I'm waving my hands around, and there's like a whole bunch of purple coming out of people's brains to my hands. Just trying to like directly tap into their their subconscious. Yeah. Why not? Nice. What could yeah, go? sure. No, I like that. This is the time <laughs> for that. I like it. Let's do it. Cool. So that brings you up to a 10. And so I think, yeah, we, we get like those spores kind of like rolling off of uh, Darren in like these pink cloud waves. Uh, and at least the, the Simone Park group appears to come back to their senses and people are starting to once again flee the park. Uh, and I think at this point we'll just have the park clear. I think it's been a minute since we checked in with Jackie. And I think uh, when we check in with you... We have Axiom 4 inside your shared virtual space, looking slightly puzzled and directly addressing you. What are you doing? I thought this was the goal. Why are you disrupting our operations? I think Jackie's gonna digitally look at him and say, you know, I've learned a few things being, you know, being what I am, which is partially robotic, partially organic. And what I've learned is that Sometimes you have to be organic. You have to disregard the logic sometimes. And uh, sometimes the, uh, the most obvious goal is not always the best. And the one thing you have to learn about organic life, Axiom, as a holy synthetic being, is that, you know, you can't always predict it. It's chaotic. And that's when I'm going to launch my last attack on the network. <laughs> Here's hoping. Just don't fail. <laughs> right? Okay, I rolled an 11. Dang. Yeah, pick one off the list. What do you want to do? I think I'm going to create an opportunity for my allies and clear a condition. You know, I think the the opportunity I'm going to create is to take all of Axiom's attention onto myself. So, you know, just divert it from everyone. You know, I'm your threat right now. And that was your fifth basic move that you locked, right? Yes, that is my fifth basic move. So as per this move... If five basic moves are locked, the Axiom 4 network merges with the Armager system. Uh, You do clear all conditions, you gain full control, and you become a new hero. And we're going to get to what that means in just a second, but I want to check in with our park group. As you are engaged with these now three new Axioms, you see a, a change begin to come over them. Now, normal Axiom is solid blue, kind of chrome trimmed. These are mostly blue and chrome, but a little bit of green trim as well. That green starts to fade out, and sort of all at once, they collapse. You're left with a relatively panicked city, but you can hear the sort of distant sounds of fighting start to die down. It seems like almost as quick as this all started, it's beginning to wind down. 
I do like this is the point where a portal opens up and uh, Debbie Diabolus pops out into Simone Park, looking kind of frantic, here to help, and sort of realizing that she's missed the big action. What are you doing? Stunned silence, I think, is a very valid state to be. I would like to raise my arms up in the air and just, like, go like, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Now, there is one other thing to mention here in the park, uh, because there was a ruby charging full-on at an axiom. And now that the axiom has stopped moving, ruby is just pounding it into a, into a fine dust uh, with a baseball bat. She's occupied. Pretty quickly going to realize that uh, this particular threat has passed. So just wanted to point out that that's, that's a thing that's going on. I'm just considering whether or not I want to attack Debbie. <laughs> You're... Con- <laughs> Void chime. <laughs> Don't, Gabriel. No, no. She can just demon out of it. So let me understand this, is that all the axioms have collapsed. The only threat remaining now is Ruby, and Ruby has shifted her attention from an axiom to Debbie? No, Ru- Ruby is Ruby is currently beating the empty shell of one of these axioms with a baseball bat, but she will likely realize very quickly that it's not fighting back. And given your last interactions, you don't know how that's going to turn out. Scram. Debbie has just arrived to, to assist but doesn't look like there's a whole lot of assisting to be done. But she does look, you know, very excited to see. I think she's going to just just going to go hug Darren. I'm in favor of hugging Darren. <laughs> I am very in favor. Yes. I'm going to be so happy that my second pair of arms are going to burst out from the sides of my ribs and also grab her with four set of arms and two sets That's of arms awesome. one. That's adorable. But then I'm going to be terrified of Ruby because she's scary. Um, and she'll hurt my friend Piro, who I cherish very deeply. And I would like to summon from the ground two vines and wind them around my forearms and make like dual whips. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And grab her with the whips and like hold her up in the air and tell her it's over now. <laughs> I love it. Do I have to roll for that? Yes, absolutely. You absolutely <laughs> do. I think we're just going to call this an Unleash Your Powers to reshape your environment. Nine. Do you want to mark a condition or shall I tell you how this is unstable or temporary? I don't think this is over, so I don't want to mark a condition. So I'm going to say unstable or temporary. (laughs) So we'll get to how that's unstable or temporary in just a sec. But you pull Ruby up off of the ground uh, in these vines and she is, you know, momentarily like entrapped inside of them. And her face just turns towards you and stares daggers at you. And I think we get a flashback to the last time the two of you met in the park and she nearly hit you with a nail bat in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> she's just got that same look on her face uh, as she looks between you and Piro. Like she's definitely planning something. <laughs> Lenny, you look like you might have something. No, What's I'm up? just, I'm really loving all of this coming together. That's all. It's just really, it's <laughs> okay. the perfect storm and I love it. It's nice. So yeah, actually, I do I do want to still move over to Piro for a sec, though. Because as Ruby is kind of looking betwixt you and Darren, you hear a voice very soft in your ear that you haven't heard in a very long time. Piro, he's close. Oh no! No! Run. Uh, and then it just stops. Uh, okay, alright. So I think I'm just gonna run, because that's, that's, that's the advice I was given, and... Also, I would like to get rid of some conditions. So so I want to pan briefly over to William. You see Piro just start to run away from the park, like mid, you know, hey, everything is going fine now. Oh, shit. And just flee. And as they do, because again, this all happened century day. This is still, you know, sun's out, fun's out kind of time. We see the sun 
start to go dark. Excuse me. There is just a pinpoint uh, in the middle of the sun that grows outwards until the entire thing is gone. And the sky is dark. You'll remember that you attracted supernatural attention. Yep, I did. Yeah. And you may remember that you sent an axiom to the moon. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You also may remember that uh, somewhere in the orbit of Earth, there is a small box full of just a bad time. Yep. And around Simone Park, as Pyrrho is fleeing towards the edge, the outline of a giant box surrounds the park and begins to climb skywards. And as it does, in the center of the park, out of one of the trees, out of the living wood, steps a small figurine that looks like about a four-foot-tall artist's mannequin. And it is very jerkily walking towards Rudy, who is currently held uh, tight in a bunch of vines. And you can hear a voice. Oh, thank you so very much. She's usually very hard to catch. And just reaches up a hand to touch uh, very lightly her face. Uh, speaking of unstable or temporary. Please drop her now. <laughs> please, please drop her now. <laughs> Piro, you get to the edge of the park, and there is a visible wall surrounding the park that is made of a wood, and it is slowly enclosing and pushing you back towards the center. Uh, though three of you who are in the park can see this huge box around it is starting to shrink. Don't like that. Well, do I get to clear afraid? Do I get to clear afraid at least? You know what? Let's say yes. Why not? So I, so I guess I can't really get away from this guy. He's, uh... Your, your doom is in fact drawing close, yes. Uh, okay. If only we had someone here who could teleport us all away. Speaking of which, William, what's up? Well, I was uh, going to have some confrontation, but there seems to be more uh, pressing matters at hand, like a giant box enclosing us and a four foot tall mannequin, which is weird. Not sure what all that's about. So, yeah, whatever that mannequin thing is, I'm no fan of Ruby, but I uh, am also not a fan of what looks like murder. It's the teeth guy. I guess I will. I can't believe I'm saying this. Defend Ruby. How are you going to do that? Wall of Earth seems pretty, pretty uh, on point here. So just like throw up a wall, a wall of Earth in front of her? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Roll plus savior. Twelve. On a uh, hit, you do the thing. You are going to keep them safe. And you do have one choice to make. Uh, would you like to add a team to the pool? Would you like to take influence over Ruby or would you like to clear a condition? Taking influence over Ruby seems hilarious. Yeah, I only have two conditions. Let's uh, Let's take influence over Ruby. So yeah, you throw up that wall of earth, the playwright's hand kind of like touches it, and you can see the featureless wooden face like turn to look at you at the same time that Ruby's uh, face turns to look at you. Can I yell at Debbie to get us out of here? Yeah, absolutely. I think Debbie is more than willing to get you out of there. And I think she begins to open up a portal under your feet, which I will say at this point is basically going to hit you, her, and Darren. Uh, because Piero had fled, and Ruby is kind of off a bit. Okay. I might, but Ruby's still in my tent, is in my grasp. Like, she's yeah, you, still you said, like, whips. whips. She was over towards one of the axioms, so you kind of, like, raised her up. Like, I don't think you brought her to you, right? No, but the whips were connected to my arms, like, with the vines. I, I had kind of, um, like, envisioned her kind of off a bit, and then you had kind of, like, raised. Like, I didn't think you had pulled her over toward. You certainly can if you want to take Ruby with you. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Just me. 
It's me and the teeth guy. Yeah, we can just leave. We can just leave Piro alone with uh, with their doom. Yeah. The three of you, uh, as well as Debbie, do get blinked through a portal. Mm-hmm. I think Debbie is just going to set you out, probably near the Infernus Tower, because you did tell her to get you out of there. Mm-hmm. So she's going to take you home, right? And I want to briefly check in on Piru. Because now that the one person is gone, uh, and this box is very swiftly closing in, I think your good friend the playwright turns towards you. I thought we had a deal. Yeah, uh, deal's off, buddy. Well, isn't that disappointing? I am going to need you to mark your doom track. Because you are, in fact, alone at this point. Well, what about Bitey? He counts. No, he's not. He's just a pigeon. He's just a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real good pigeon. <laughs> he's a real good pigeon, but still a pigeon. Oh, okay. So, Doom Tracks marked. Well, that's okay. So, I think what I would like to do is use a Doom sign, and I think I'm going to use Portal, and Portal to my good friend William safely away from this teeth man. I don't like the cut of his jib. <laughs> you don't say. Don't like it. We see the playwright moving towards you and just about to, like, reach out towards you as you blink out. And as you do, we pull back to see an overhead of Simone Park where this box has now shrank down to the size of, like, a room. And everything that was outside it is just smooth, bare ground. Simone Park is no more. Before we end on that particular scene, I want to get under a bridge where Jackie is going through probably some changes. Because you did just merge with the Axiom 4 network. Yes. Now, a couple of things have become apparent. This this whole page is surrounded, I think, by panels. And they're going through sort of like the history of the Axiom network. Uh, so, so it started way, way back when a U.S. tank driver, you know, saved some aliens, and they gifted him with this nanotech energy suit. That suit was not really meant for this. Hmm. Why were they here with this immensely powerful weapon to begin with, is the question. And why did they give it to this guy in particular? As it turns out, the Axiom Network did have a purpose. They weren't here to save us from our better impulses. Long story short, this was in fact a weapon of war to begin with. Move on to the second Axiom, who was much more into the uh, heroism and justice and protecting the weak, uh, at which point the Axiom suit woke up, became self-aware, self-sufficient, started gaining a sense of who and what it was, uh, and that it wasn't necessarily just a tool, the human host of the second Axiom, in a large way, gave it the sense to be its own hero, which was Axiom 3. Maybe a little bit bellicose, maybe a little bit of a jerk, but ultimately trying to help, trying to serve, but definitely trying to serve specific interests, which is why the Axiom 3 suit worked a lot for, you know, large businesses and the military. Go figure. And this brings us to the Axiom 4 network, where a bunch of... AI who wanted to tear down a corrupt system and build something else in their image has now merged with you. So the question here is, how are you affecting the network and how is it affecting you? When Axiom interfaces with Jackie, they're going to sort of briefly connect to sort of all of her memories and all of her experiences thus far. 
So you know, it's, they're all gonna sort of flash in just like a couple seconds, sort of connecting to everything that Jackie is all at once. So, you know, just thinking about what Jackie is, I think there's three things that Axiom's gonna sort of get when they interface with her. First, we're gonna get like a, a couple of panels showing some scenes from Jackie's past. You know, some of the morally questionable things Jackie has done. You know, a lot of that is with the Killage people. But there's also going to be some more recent stuff, you know, like Jackie blowing off Static Jacques, for instance, or uh, getting in arguments with the current team. Things where, you know, Jackie wasn't particularly great. Repeating itself over these panels is the phrase, everyone is worth saving. Next, we're going to sort of get some panels showing Jackie interacting with her present teammates and sort of how Jackie sees the team and how each of them is sort of like an individual. So, you know, we get uh, Darren's strength of character, Piero's compassion and sort of friendship and William's sort of general convictions. Overall, the stuff we're going to get the words embrace difference. Then lastly, we're going to have some panels showing like times when Jackie has failed on the bridge fighting antitoxin in this run. There's tons of times Jackie's failed and you know other people had to come and save her. You know, someone pulled her out of the river. This this team did that. So there's some panels showing stuff like that. Over these are the words, we're stronger together. These are the, the sort of three lessons that I think Axiom's gonna take away from interfacing with Jackie there. There's a rupture between the, the bear part and the cybernetic part. And they come apart and we create two new entities. We create a technological entity and a bear that has most of Jackie's memories, but fewer powers. So with that, uh, let's briefly rejoin our Infernus Tower group. As Debbie portals the group of you out of Simone Park and in front of the Infernus building, we can see a couple of things on the page. And we again get a couple of uh, flashbacks of Debbie, you know, having the initial confrontation with William, where she sort of explained, like, this deal is going to end with her, she's just going to use these powers, you know, to to great effect while she has them, and that's going to be the end of it. And it looks like she has been making good on that. Uh, we can definitely see a lot of, like, the pigmentation has left her hair. She is noticeably in a in a rougher shape than she had been previously, much like we saw your dad getting progressively older. She is getting progressively less and less healthy. It's taking a toll on her as well. And as she deposits you in front of the Infernus Tower, it finally catches up and she just collapses. And we will see you next issue. Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of at least three clocks, all of which are going off right now. Pick up a copy for your new twin self. It's complicated. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piro is played by Lenny. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram, at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram, at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or fainting dramatically as the sun is eclipsed from within. Follow us on Twitter, at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.